hello and good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever it is you are listening from right now, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I, of course, am Mr. Warren Hayes, and this is the Thursday, the 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 September 10, 2020 edition, and, and, and I'm underscoring this one very, very clearly because... You know what happened tonight? This came to my attention a little later on, uh, not a, a little uh, uh, as I was getting planned. I realized, or at least people started making me realize, it was like Warren, your show, your live show that you do at YouTube.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard, is going to be competing against the return of NFL football. And I'm like, of course, the NFL is going to counter-program the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Y'all know where the demo is. It's right here. This is where it happens. Football fears haze is what we should be talking about. Hashtag football fears haze. We know that's the truth. Hey, we know that's true. But here's the cool thing. See, I'm not a combative guy. I don't do well in conflict. So for me, the possibility of you... Watching football, watching your football game, Thursday night football, as I am as I am talking about wrestling, being able, allowing you, giving you the possibility to do the two things at once is what brings me the most joy. Not you picking between football and I, but you enjoying whatever you want to enjoy at the same. It can be two things. Hell, go for broke and enjoy some ice cream on top of that. Ice cream, football, haze, all at once. The holy trinity of pleasure, folks. Can I tell you? And we know about pleasure here. Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here at YouTube.com slash Restored Haze. Per usual, I'm recording the show live in front of a live audience. Some chat members who have shown up again to this evening, such as Tom, the Sengir Vampire. How you doing, Tom? Good to see you. Tim Traver, good friend of the show here as well. Kelly Tonges, uh, good to see you, Kelly. Uh, let's see, uh, we got Benoit, who is here in the chat as well. Throwback, good to see you. Enjoy the, uh, good to have you around. Nice to see you. Carlos is here uh, as well. Robert, Larry, uh, good to see you. Tom, Thomas Gorys as well. Uh, John Athetakis. Hey, John Athetakis, good to see you, John Athetakis. I'll get it down for next time. DGMC, no, I probably won't. DGMC, <laughs> wishful thinking on my part. DGMC is here as well. Nikki, good to see you. Evan Wright as well. It's good to see everyone here tonight joining us live, and you can join us live as well. I think I said it twice already, but uh, third time's the charm. Every Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern, we record here live. So if you're ever in the environment like Daniel Price and Mr. Peeps who just jumped in, hey, come on over and join us. It's a good, good time. If you can't, you can watch this whenever you want on YouTube. And hey, consider giving the video a thumbs up. That kind of stuff really, really helps out the channel a lot. Uh, you send out the link, get some people in here. It's a good, that's always good. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, I appreciate you as well. That is fantastic. Like I've been talking about over the past couple of weeks, uh, more and more people are tuning into, are turning into the podcast on audio. And I love podcasts. Technically, this is a podcast, despite the fact that I recorded on video because I like to show off my, what do I want to show off? My t-shirts? 
I have a Shad Gaspard t-shirt on tonight. I, I'm not a fashion plate. I, honestly, look, thank you for listening whichever way you decide to do it. That is abs- absolutely fantastic. And uh, and if you like hanging out in the live chat or if you want to chat with more of the great uh, crew that hangs around the Mr. Warren Hayes show on Thursday nights, I have a Discord. The link is in the description of uh, this uh, uh, of the video, of the podcast. Come on in. Join us. We talk a lo- about a lot of things. There's a lot of good wrestling content oh, to talk yeah. about these days. We have a good time. So head on over to the Discord. It, it the, For the Mr. Warren Hayes show, it is fun times, folks. There's a lot of members of the uh, Discord who are here, here in the chat as well. Don't forget, and not on top of that, don't forget, after the show, the post stream, over on patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes for the Power Pal tiers for the Power Pal tier level, anyone who wants to come on over and join us on the post stream, we take the time, we talk, we interact a lot, we take calls from the Discord. So if you want to do that and it's a good way to show support for the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, come on over after that. We're going to talk about, um, uh, among other things, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about the, the the logic or the reasons that we oh, try to make yeah. some sense out of why some NXT call-ups, when they end up, on main roster, why their past is suddenly written off or they start from scratch. Well, in some ways, it, it doesn't quite make sense to me, but we're going to try and make sense of it together. We've got a couple of topics. Come and join us later on this evening. It's immediately after this stream for patrons only, patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Um, so that's a good way to show support for the show. You can also join this channel here. Hey, you know what? If you like coming to the Mr. Warren Hayes show live week after week, this is really cool. It's a cool way to show some support for the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Join the channel. Become a member of the YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes channel and you'll get access to a bunch of new emojis. I'm due to add some new emojis on top of that. I am I should add them soon. I, I Not only I should, I will add them soon. I know I'm backlogged on that. So check that out. It's a great way to, support the, to, show, to show some support for the show. But then on top of that, you can also leave us a super chat. And if you do, I will read your question or comment live on the air, recorded for history, such as Tim Traver, who left us a super chat earlier on. Thank you, Tim. He says, thanks, Warren, for giving me the idea for on watch-alongs. Uh, sure, my pleasure. <laughs> I don't know exactly what watch-along we're talking about, but uh, watch-alongs are fun. It's a good time, um, you know, to sit around and, and, and watch wrestling or whatever, really, because a lot of people actually do. Some people do watch-alongs with uh, movies, feature films. So there you go. That's fantastic stuff. Anakin left us a super chat. Thank you, Anakin. Says didn't get the YouTube notification. God damn you, YouTube! I mean, what are you gonna do, right? What are you gonna do? Uh, and uh, Nick Wolf as well left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Nick. He says War Games. Undisputed Era versus a Pat McAfee-led team. Undisputed Era turns on Cole. Cole off to the main roster. That's some interesting booking right there. I gosh, I should, I should have, I should have held that for a little Ooh, later on. But yeah. that's, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to copy paste it, Nick. I was a little too uh, anxious because you know I will, uh, if it fits into a segment that I'm going to talk about. Uh, if your, if your super chat fits into a segment that I'm going to talk about a little later on in the show. I will keep it for later. But this that's some fun booking, but we'll talk about it later because it, it, it sort of ties into something, a little something I want to talk about regarding Adam Cole. 
And Evan Wright left us a super chat saying, I want to be a part of history. You goddamn right you do. <laughs> Your voice is recorded forever. People years from now will be like, who was this Evan Wright? <laughs> who was that guy? So there we go. Hey, we've got uh, we've got a packed show for you tonight. I don't know if you know about this, but I want to talk about the G1. But before we talk about the G1 Climax, let's go through the weekly wrestling inspection. Um, before we start anything, Impact Wrestling today announced the passing of longtime voice of TNA Wrestling, um, TNA Wrestling's intro and video packages, Barry Scott. Barry was a rather young, 65 years old. For Impact fans, he is, uh, it's an iconic voice who brought a lot of credibility to, uh, and really helped elevate the production of, um, of TNA in general, their video, uh, their video, their shows, uh, anything that required a, a, a good, booming narrative voice to bring it all together. That was Barry Scott. Passed away today. Very saddened to hear that. Uh, condolences to uh, to his loved ones. Uh, he uh, he's he's an icon for uh, he's an icon for anyone who listened to uh, TNA back then. Impact fans uh, are in mourning today. So may uh, may he rest. In peace, Mr. Barry Scott. Um, a little more sad news before we, uh, as we, as we really kick this one off here, and we uh, we start pulling out our. Uh, where'd they go? Oh, there they are. <laughs> they keep moving around. We're gonna start with some hot trash. Gerald Briscoe's been fired uh, after being furloughed in April. The longtime WWE employee. Uh, was uh, announced today that he was officially released by WWE. He went on Twitter and, with this statement, and I quote, okay, want to get this out of the way. I want to get, excuse me, I'll start over. That's not a quote. That's Warren Hayes fucking up. Okay, want to get this out of, uh, <laughs> third time's a charm. Okay, want to get this out the right way. Last night, I received a call from WWE Chairman of the Board, Vince McMahon, to let me know after 36 years of dedication to WWE, I am no longer needed. I'm okay with this. I will still be around to help talent. More info to follow. Thanks. Now, Gerald Briscoe, of course, was a, uh, uh, was was a, was a wrestler, first and foremost, uh, back, I think it's Mid-South, uh, probably Mid-South, with his brother, um uh, the the so the he's he, his career in wrestling goes way beyond way before WWE but he, of course to most fans he's uh, he's known for being a non-air talent for being a, a talent scout and a producer and the, especially as a talent scout where he would go out and uh and talk to um talk to amateur uh wrestlers try to get them into the business he was very very influential in that uh, and then on top of that, just before I got on the air, it was announced uh, or reported anyway that Mike Rotunda and Sarah Stock are officially released. They were furloughed as well. Um, Mike Rotunda was a producer, of course, a form, maybe most of you know him as Erwin R. Scheister or IRS. Uh, he was a producer uh, for WWE as well. So uh, he apparently was released and Sarah Stock was released. Sarah Stock. 
uh, former former pro wrestler, uh, trainer at the Performance Center, trained a lot of the women there. It sucks. I mean, this is uh, uh, in the in the case of Sarah Stock. It is she's a uh, she was a um, uh, she was a cornerstone of the uh, the training team over there. So it it it, it kind of blows. It, it I don't think I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's that good a call. But you know, in Mike Rotunda, well, it's hard for us to evaluate the 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 impact that these individuals had since we never really see them. But of course, it's never good to lose a producer, especially one with so much experience as he did. Uh, so yeah, hopefully, uh, uh, hopefully everything will um, will work out for them in the end. So we haven't had a chance to talk about All Out just yet, and you know what? I'm going to be controversial from the get go. Should I give it cool beans, warm soda, or hot trash? Folks, what what do you think? What do you think I should give all out? Because I'm going to give my final thoughts of it, just some ideas. And of course, I got to put one of the quality stickers on it. Well, guess what? I'm going to go with cool beans. I thought, I thought all out was a good show. And I know this is, this is a bit of a, um, this is a bit of a controversial opinion because I know a lot of people uh, didn't like it. A lot of people were you know, crapped on it very, very easily. Look, for, first and foremost, if you want to hear my complete and total thoughts on All Out, I was invited on the Call Up podcast with Metal Michael. We recorded that this weekend, uh, and it's out there into the world. The Call Up Ooh, Podcast. Yeah. If you want to listen to he and I talk about all out in depth, like we went like a, a two-hour show. Uh, it, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Talked about it in detail. The descriptions in the podcast. The descriptions in the <laughs> the podcast link is in the description. I swear. These the these these sentences that should just be coming to me. I don't know, but uh, check that out whenever you get a chance to get my full thoughts here, there. But uh, as for me, look, I like the show. I thought it was a good show. Um, we had Joni Janela uh, defeating Serpentico in the pre in the pre show, Private Party uh, defeating the uh, the Dark Order, which were fine. It was okay. I still think Private Party has become uh, so so, but uh, you know nothing nothing unbearable. This wasn't this wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the first match we had on the main card was Big Swole defeating Britt Brit Baker in a tooth and nail match. Now listen, and uh, there's, a, there's a lot of different opinions about this, right? But I honestly think that this is a situation for AEW where they were, they'd be damned if they did and damned if they didn't. The fact that they decided to make a cinematic show, a, a cinematic match out of it because Britt wasn't quite 100% uh, for All Out was a good decision. I think it was a good idea to put it on the card because they know what kind of backlash they would have got if they decided to pull the women, uh, pull a women's match from the show. I would have, hey, I would have been right up there. No lies, folks. You know, you know my mo. I would have been at the forefront, being uh, complaining about it uh, and, and 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 calling out the injustice of it. So, so don't worry. Uh, the, uh, so, so that's definitely one thing that would have happened. Um, 
but if but what they did, what they ended up doing, maybe wasn't to the heights that we were expecting. But I thought it was okay for what it was. Now, should it should it have started the show? No, this was a perfect cool down Ooh, thing, a little yeah. lighthearted, uh, a little lighthearted silly comedy to move along kind of thing. But it definitely didn't should have started. It definitely shouldn't have started the show. Uh, was it a good match? No. Was it entertaining? I thought it was silly. It wasn't that bad. I thought, uh, I you know, there's uh, there's stuff the the um, the money in the bank match. I thought was a lot more egregious and difficult to watch. This was short. Was fine. I'm gonna read Benoit's comments. Benoit's a patron, and he. Uh, when you're a when you're a power pal level, you can also add comments to the show notes as I build them during the street. And Benoit said that it was an awful, awful match. It diminished Brit's entire buildup as a fantastic heel, even injured. Ooh, that match yeah. did nothing for both women. And I I see what Benoit is getting at. Sure, I wholeheartedly disagree. I don't think it diminished Brit in any way. I don't think it elevated Swole in any way. I think it just happened. And it was fine, but I don't think any harm was done. I really believe that the problem was that it was put on the, it, that it was the opener for the show. I'm still glad they decided to put it on the main card, but yeah, it, I think it's its positioning that uh, that made it suffer. The Young Bucks defeated Jurassic Express. Um, the uh, the Young Bucks defeated Jurassic Express uh, in a in the tag team match to get a shot at the uh, at the world tag team championships this was a fantastic opener it was one of the best matches of the night there's nothing much more to say about that i loved it i thought it was great lance archer was the last man in the casino battle royal the 21 man casino battle royal uh and he's going to receive a, an upcoming aew world championship match it's actually going to be on october 14 uh at the one year anniversary show for aew dynamite um, of course, this uh, this uh, had a couple of couple of uh, highlights. Let's put it that way. Darby Allen be, being put into a body bag with some thumbtacks and being tossed over the top rope to the floor. That was a gnarly spot. Oh, apparently, he's okay. That's good. The Matt Seidel, the Matt Seidel, the Matt Seidel debut, which was a disaster. But what can you do? Poor guy, right? Um, but I'm gonna tell you this right now. Uh, this this battle royal here, this casino, this casino battle royal right here, was the best casino battle royale that AEW has put on so far, uh, and by a by a country mile. This was really well put together. It was well produced, and I really liked how they were able over the past couple of weeks to weave in all these factions and these stories within the Battle Royal that actually did play out in the Battle Royal as, yeah, as well. Will Hobbs is fantastic. What a breakout. What a good idea to put him in there. I think he was replacing Austin Gunn, and that was a good, good call to whoever decided to do that. Uh, Hobbs is becoming a, a an indie darling or a, an internet darling. Maybe not an indie darling, but an internet darling for sure. Um, I liked it. I thought it was the best battle royal they put on so far. Matt Hardy defeated Sammy Guevara. If you want to buy the, if you want to, if you want to sip the juice, we're going to talk about this a little later. Uh, you know, of course, if if Matt Hardy uh, was supposed to lose, uh, was to lose, he was to, supposed to leave AEW. We're going to talk about this a little later. 
the whole but but I don't uh, as far look as far as the the match itself and the way that everything was executed after Matt Hardy's head bounced off the concrete like that I think it was extremely poorly managed uh they should have taken control of the situation they didn't have to restart the match they didn't have to bring us uh they didn't have to rush to the finish I would have been okay if my pretend wrestling match would have ended without a conclusion. I would have been absolutely okay with that, knowing that they were taking proper care of Matt Hardy. Um, and uh, like I said, the rest, we're going to talk about it a little later as in regards to his health, his condition, and so on and so forth. Um, Hikaru Shida retained her AEW World's Women's World Championship against Thunder Rosa, the NWA women's world champion good good stuff that was a fun match i really liked it i thought it was very very strong i don't see uh i don't see who else on the roster could have pulled out that good a match uh pulled out that good a match from uh from Sheeta and rosa sucks that they had to follow the mad hardy fall but still managed to have a great match um matt cardona scorpio sky and the natural nightmares uh, defeated the Dark Order, Brody Lee, which was composed of Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Ivalona, and Stu Grayson, and uh, Colt Cabana got in trouble, and this was this was a, a dynamite match to set up a dynamite angle. This had no place on the pay per view. This is one of the things that I'm like, this had no room there. Uh, it's just Orange Cassidy defeated Chris Jericho by pushing him into a vat of mimosa, giving. Um, uh, Orange Cassidy, not only momentum, but momentumosa. I liked it. I thought it. I thought it was fine. I thought it was the best match that the um, that the both of them had uh, from from within their uh, their trilogy. I thought this was the best. It was uh, it was fine. It was it was a fun match. Um, the uh, the uh, tag team champions. Uh, Adam Page and uh, Kenny Omega lost to FTR. Uh, for and so FTR are the new AEW World Tag Team Champions. Uh, this is a match that splits a lot of people down the middle. Uh, you know, I think there was there was an opportunity to shave off a few minutes from this match, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I liked the spot, the the moments where. Um, where FTR were working over Kenny's leg, that it was a good, some really solid storytelling. Although it was, it did feel a little scattered at times, which is why I think they could have shaved off a little, uh, some minutes off of it. But it's definitely not as egregious as a lot of people are. Um, a lot of people are, um, are making it out to be. That is absolutely for sure. And the main event, John Moxley defeated MJF. I thought it was a solid main event. I thought it was. I, I thought it was. Uh, it was very entertaining. I thought everything built. Probably it, it, again. I think that there's there's parts of building a wrestling match that a lot of fans these days uh, uh, don't quite get. You know, you have to really. I think we're conditioned into getting you know like these really fast moving matches really um, and and when things start slow at first we got oh my god this match is boring if within the five first five to seven minutes uh the guys are setting things up and taking their time because they're pacing themselves and building the story so that when we do get to the big baby face comeback for our champion it gets even more exciting this was this was a classically built 
wrestling match that was performed by one of the top heels in the business and then JF and John Moxley, who was a fantastic babyface. I loved it. I loved the ending. I liked that John Moxley was like, you know, fuck this shit. I'm using the paradigm shift while the referee's back is turned. He didn't give a shit. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, so overall, I thought that this this pay-per-view had more hits than misses. The But as I said on uh, Metal Michael's podcast, I think that there's a level of expectation now that's been created with AEW pay-per-views where if they under-deliver and don't wow us, people are going to be like, this sucked. But this did not suck as far as pay-per-views go. That's one thing. And the other expectation that's created is the fact that you're shelling out $50 American to watch this pay-per-view. And so on that level, you're you're expecting bang for your buck. It's not like WWE who puts out a pay-per-view every month or sometimes every two weeks or sometimes every other week, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's not like that where they're, where you're like, well, this one sucked, but we've got another one. And besides, I'm only paying 10 bucks a month. So, you know, maybe the pay-per-view was a waste of your time, but at least you didn't feel like, like you wasted your money. And a lot of people did feel like they wasted their money on this because it didn't, it felt a little underwhelming and they felt it underdelivered. And I can understand that. And I think they're right to a certain extent. This didn't feel like a $60 show. It didn't feel like a WrestleMania. It came across as a mix between a super card and a really, really good episode of Dynamite. Um, not that there wasn't great stuff on it, but I can get the feeling. I can understand. I think everyone felt that double or nothing gave you your money's worth. Whereas All Out this year, maybe, maybe just slipped up a bit. And I think the legacy that All Out has built now as well doesn't really, really help. Let's check out some super chats here. Evan Wright left us another super chat. Thank you, Evan. He says, Briscoe, we're talking about Jerry Briscoe from the start here. Briscoe brought us Brock Lesnar. Indeed, that's quite the legacy that you got there. I want to say hello to Devil Kazuya and Mort the Black Dog who have joined us in the chat as well. The queen is here. The queen of many. Wait a second. How you doing? Anakin uh, left us a super chat. Says, Warren is Sid Vicious right now with his speaking. Now, hang on. It ain't it ain't softball season just yet. <laughs> DGMC uh, left us a super chat as well. Says don't get why Matt versus Sammy wasn't a cinematic match. That's a good point. They could have they could have easily done that. Um, but uh, uh, I guess I guess they wanted to do you know they they wanted this match to be the hardcore one, the one that goes around the arena and so on and so forth. They, they AEW has a bit of a legacy of building those so. I guess that's what they wanted to do, but yeah, it definitely could have been. Definitely could have been a cinematic match as well. Tony Wiegand, how you doing? Welcome to the chat. Got Peter Davies here as well. Nice to see you. Did I say hi to you, Daniel Price? I do believe I did. I For some reason, I always have the impression that I never say hi to you. And Timothy Farley of Armbar Audio is here as well. How you doing, Timothy? It's good to see you. All right, let's move along from AEW. Let's head on over to WWE territory. We're going to keep the cool beans going. We're going to talk about Roman Reigns' promo and his the, 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 the affirmation that he is now indeed a heel. Now, I've never been a fan of wrestling shows starting with talk. You guys know this. 
you start with the match, you've won me. This is how I tune in to wrestling to watch wrestling, not watch people talk. But this here, this was well done. So if you're going to do it, you do it with something that has that has importance and merit like this. And it this is why WWE starts their 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 episodes of Raw and SmackDown so much with the opening promos because they feel like they because they I guess they think that every week they're going to be this good, but they're not. Most of the time they're not. But this this is this was really really good. Um Paul Heyman he, uh, Paul Heyman's explanations for the heel turn were fantastic. Says Reigns as your champion has always been defined by what WWE purports itself to be on. Family, tradition, legacy, the responsibility of being champion and the accountability held to those actions as champion. And that's who Roman Reigns is. And he goes into, you know, that the audience was never, uh, was never really behind him. You know, even when he took some time off, when he came back, you, the audience never really was fully supportive of Roman Reigns, despite the fact that he did he did everything right. And I loved Paul Heyman's twist on his on his little uh, on his little line at the end, where he says, "My name is Paul Heyman, and I serve as the special counsel for the Tribal Chief." And I dig that much more than Big Dog. I think that's cool. Your reigning, defending, undisputed, universal heavyweight champion, Roman Reigns. Roman cut a bit of a promo as well, which was fine. He calls WWE his island because he's the tribal chief. Ooh, now, yeah. I don't know if this is a rib on Tamatanga. It could be, right? It could it could be. Uh, but I, I still dig it. It's no longer his yard. It's his island. So this was a you people promo, essentially, folks. But why did it work? Because... Polly made it make sense. It's exactly like when Daniel Bryan, when he turned heel and he did a You People promo, it made sense. There's a difference between coming out and just saying, you people stink, you people suck. If you're able to use the past, use the history to bring things to light and make it make sense, there was a whole level of backstage politicking as uh, that was added into this as well you know you, you could tell that Heyman was referencing his own his own removal from uh being the producer on raw um he says uh so all of this made it, this is how it made sense and i don't know it seems to me that people thought it was cool and all but i don't know if we're really understanding how big of a move this is for WWE turning Roman Reigns heel. Do you know how long people have been saying Roman should be a heel? The babyface thing isn't working. Turn him. We never got our heel John Cena, folks. Right? We never got it. And here, the the chosen one, Vince's top guy. The guy that he said, no people, that for years he was saying, no, 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 no. You folks are going to enjoy this big man with the tattoos. You're going to like this guy with his wet hair and, and his body armor. You're going to like this guy. Finally, they pivot and they do something which could very well save Roman Reigns's, I don't want to say save his career, but save his 
uh, his legacy moving forward. This makes him more interesting. It makes SmackDown more interesting. He's going to get the Brock Lesnar treatment as far as being a, a heel champion goes, but I'm okay with it because Roman is still a, he's a full-time guy doing full-time things, paired up with Heyman. I like it. Hey, feuding with his cousin, cool. He's a heel. Let him beat the shit out of his cousin and really consecrate the fact that everything is dead, right? That, that everything that we knew about Roman Reigns is gone. Unquestionably, unquestionably. The most interesting thing WWE has done in a long time, except for one thing that we're going to talk about as soon as I read this super chat from Evan Wright. Thank you again. And he says, I'm not the biggest WWE fan anymore. They're in a real negative uh, they're in a real negative goodwill way with me. Last week, SmackDown altogether was really good. It was. Credit due. Absolutely. And th- th- there were there were lots uh there were lots of parts to uh to why SmackDown was good. Roman was one of them. There's another part here, but just before we go on, I want to say hello to the First lady of the Mr. Warren Hayes show, Kristen Ashley, who's in the chat. How you doing, Kristen? It's good to see, good to see you. Good to see you. But yeah, what is this other party you keep talking about? And we're going to keep the cool beans running on top of it as well. Uh, Bailey beats the shit out of Sasha Banks. I mean, the match was, I liked the match. It was strong. It was well fought. Uh, Nia Jackson, Shayna as a team, they make me, they make me eye roll. I hate it. But that's not the story. That's not what we're going to talk about. During the match, the the heels worked over Sasha's leg. The heels. What am I talking about? Shayna Baszler. <laughs> Shayna Baszler worked the worked the leg, uh, and uh, so uh, so Boston Hug lose the match. Medics come in to help. Bailey sends them off because Sasha doesn't want help, and Bailey's like, "I'll help her out." Leads her out of the ring. But then instead of helping her friend, she stomps Sasha and the beating begins. She starts working on the leg herself, beats the shit out of her in the ring. Is it boss time, Michael Cole? Is what she'd cry out. Bailey would cry out. She gets a chair, tries to wrap it, wrap it around Sasha's leg. But Sasha, I like this, gets a couple of kicks in. On Bailey and Bailey's like, ah, she sells them, but she comes straight back with a running knee right to the face. She rose plants Sasha, wraps the chair around Sasha's neck, and second rope stomps Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks was effectively deceased from that point on. Such good shit, pal. You want here's something that longtime Ooh, listeners yeah. of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. This will sound familiar to you. You want to get your women over. You want your women to be treated, perceived as competitors, as as wrestlers. Let your women, let your wrestling women do wrestling things. It's just that simple as that. There wasn't anything here that had to do with a cosmetics bag or someone else's boyfriend. It was just about wrestling and this is the oldest angle in the book friends turning on each other for because wrestling titles and that's what wrestling is for that's what it's about and on top of that we've seen this one coming for months this was such a satisfying payoff and they did it 
I mean, I've said it numerous times. They should have pulled the trigger before. They should have pulled the trigger before. Look, they're pulling it now, and it's it, and it's super effective. It was. This is how good this was. It was a six-minute beatdown, and the whole sequence was dragged over three segments of SmackDown, folks. The the loss of the match and Sasha being hurt in the ring ended one segment. They come back from commercial. Bailey beats the shit out of her. They come back from the other commercial. Sasha's doing a stretcher job. So not only was this perfectly done, that it that it was made for uh, that it was given the importance that it was need that was needed, but it was so dramatic and felt huge. It was honest to God. It's hard to say what was bigger, Chad. Tell me what was bigger: Roman confirming his heel turn, or or Bailey turning on Sasha. There were two such huge events, and the Sasha Bailey stuff felt big. It felt important. So it's really that simple. Let the women do wrestling things, and they will get over. And one final thought: This is nuts. This is this is nuts. Let's go back five years ago. Let's say we're sitting around a table and we're telling and we're and, and I tell you guys, yo, in five years, Sasha and Bailey are going to are going to keep on feuding like they are now, but Bailey's gonna be the heel. You're all gonna be like, yeah, you're full of shit, Hayes. Bailey's the biggest baby face ever. I'm like, ah. And look at where we are today. It's fantastic stuff. Sasha and Bailey have carried have carried the women's division since Charlotte and, Be- and Becky have been gone. They've proven their worth. They we we have a a full understanding of what it means, what the four horsewomen mean to WWE, not just in practice, not not just in theory, but in practice as well. This was absolutely fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Um. Super chats. DGMC, Bailey, Sasha has to be. Thank you, DGMC, by the way. Bailey and Sasha has to be the WrestleMania 37 main event, right? Look, there's there's no way in God's green earth that WWE are going to drag this out till WrestleMania. They they they're they'll be in they're incapable of doing that. I that's something I sincerely believe. It's should it be the main event? I I don't know if it's big enough to be the main event, but Ooh, Jesus, it's yeah. up there. I mean, if you've got if you've got Charlotte around, if you've got Becky around, I mean, what do you do? I, these are the types of situations where I'm glad that that I'm not that I'm not booking. But this is fantastic stuff. Kristen Ashley left us a super chat. Thank you. She says, "My Thursday equals NFL. His Thursday being being mine." stream this is our future yeah yep yep you 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 watch your real sports and i'll talk about fantasy sports <laughs> aaron entertainment left us a super chat thank you very much aaron he says smackdown has been really good as of late yeah it has it's been um had a couple i thought last friday was very good it was quite good good episode good stuff uh yeah i completely agree want to say hello to the Tim and Joel Call It In The Ring podcast <laughs> just joined us. Good to see you. And Tom Colohue. 
Britain's number one wrestling journalist. I'm calling it. I'm call. I will die on that. Well, I don't know if I'll die on that hill. Because Louis Dangour is going to come after me. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't want to die. Not yet. Uh, let's, um, let's keep moving on. Let's keep the cool beans going with our boys from WWE, boys and girls. You know, I haven't had the chance to talk about it much on the stream, but the Hurt Business, I think it's, I think it's been really good. And I'm surprised at how good it's been. And this is despite the fact that it's always been, it's been classic WWE booking, you know, where they've been spinning their wheels with the same group of people week after week. But, and you know, I I thought that this week, this week on Raw, which was not a good Raw, and it, it was an objectively not good Raw, uh, I think that, um, I, I think that what happened this week with the push for Cedric Alexander, turning what seemed to be that cyclical spinning of the wheels, that creative, pfft, that, that WWE often has, suddenly becomes an opportunity for Cedric Alexander to get a push, or at least a heel turn, who de destroying Ricochet in the meantime. I mean, Ricochet would make anyone look look like a beast, right? And he's making Cedric Alexander look like a beast here. I liked it. I thought it was good. And then the layer that they add to this is Shelton Benjamin, not quite sure about Cedric Alexander, and is like, dude, I'm not sure about you. I, you you're coming across like a... Do you have a wire? You know, <laughs> that kind of what it thought. You a cop? And I like it because MVP and the Hurt Business, they come across like gangsters, right? It, it, it all sort of works. There's a good vibe to it. I kind of liked it. My only problem is how they rushed into the angle later on, you know, with Cedric at the, M at the MVP lounge and then immediately moving into an eight-man tag. And I'm like... Why didn't you let this breathe a little bit? Let it breathe a little bit. No, that was nice. I particularly enjoyed Big Swole uh, marking out on, um, or at least popping on on Twitter when Cedric turned. I thought that was nice. That that was cool stuff. It was uh, probably a lot of celebration at the uh, Alexander Swole household. Uh, let's give ourselves some some hot trash here. Why the hell did they book Peyton Royce versus Billy Kay this week? Why book the match? Why not build to it? They were weren't they crying last week when they split up? And then there's the Raw Underground thing, and then and then they get into the ring, they fight each other after, and after the match they hug again. This is what. Uh, uh, ben again in the chat uh, as a power pal not Ben in the chat but Ben in the comments as a power pal uh, he added some some notes some some comments to my show notes here he says he says it's pretty generic for Peyton and Billy to um, uh, well he's talking about their themes he thought their themes were pretty generic sure um, but why were they hugging after the match last week Peyton tossed Billy into Raw Underground there was nothing to this match. There was there was no deliverable here. There was nothing to make us care about it. This is a missed opportunity. This is one of these creatively missed opportunities where WWE could have built towards something uh, with a little more uh, a little more impetus. Wouldn't it have been great to have Peyton and Billy try to petition WWE to bring them back together? But as you know, and 
you know, running in, running into producers backstage and actually having a petition in their hands saying, you know, we had 50 people sign that said that we shouldn't split up and, you know, and the officials being like, it's out of our hands. You, you guys signed off on the match. You guys have to live with the consequences kind of thing. What seems to me that would have been pretty cool and would have given us some more great iconic segment. But as we're going throughout it, uh, they start to irritate each other. They get on each other's nerves and then, and then you do the split. Is it because we were seeing Sasha and Bailey in that same type of situation? Maybe, but I it it really didn't matter because of what it could have been done on two different levels. Uh, Billy and and Peyton could have been a lot more comedic, could have led to a, a bigger payoff match than this. That was lame. Evan Wright left us another super chat. Thank you again. Evan says TJ over iconics every day. That ends in Y. Well, there you go. TJ being Tanara Kanchi and uh, Anna J from AEW. But I mean, you know, the, the Iconics were mostly a, a comedy act. I don't think that's where they want to go. But I understand what you mean. I get it. I I, I understand. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of... It, I, I thought there was really a missed opportunity here to do something much, much, much more interesting and it's very flat. And you know what? If you don't want to do the match, if you want, you you don't have to do the match like immediately. You know, you can take some time and build it. Right? Ooh, you could have done a little yeah. more something with it. Anakin left us a super chat. Thank you, Anakin. He says, Iconics are a real team that are real best friends. TJ is just a version of Nia Shayna. Two people thrown together. What a controversial take. Well, yeah, they were thrown together. However, as you will recall, Anna Jay is, you know, went to see Kanchi and and tried to get him. But we haven't we haven't heard Kanchi talk about her her offer to join the Dark Order. We don't know if that's still a thing. We're assuming that TJ is a thing. We're assuming that it is. We'll see what happens. Let's go back to some uh, to some cool beans here. I'm gonna come back. We're gonna head on over to NXT now, uh, where uh, Finn Balor became NXT champion. It was a strong match. I liked it. I thought the pace was excellent. Finn was the perfect choice to win here. Uh, who cares if he's pushing forty? I, I there's a lot of people who got upset because he's he's turning forty. He shouldn't be NXT champion. I'm like, what? Why? Why? Because NXT is a developmental brand. It's not. It's not anymore. Hasn't been developmental in a while. And definitely since since it's been on USA Network, trust me, it has not been a developmental. You have not seen developmental wrestlers doing TV matches because they have to get used to it. No, you just haven't. This isn't when NXT was taped on the network and you actually saw like Vanessa Bourne versus um, versus uh, another jabroni from the era. You don't see those anymore. It, it, anyway, I don't have a problem with Finn winning. I think it's really the best, uh, uh, the best choice. Finn has been floundering, which is weird since coming back to NXT, but I think there's a lot of circumstances. He was supposed to have his big match big match with Walter before COVID oh, hit. I think yeah. he's been, uh, I think he's been 
a little cursed. I, I think his trajectory has been a little cursed. So it's a good idea to bring some shine back to him. I think he, he's a good cornerstone uh, to move forward, to see what they're going to do moving forward here since they don't have access to Karrion Cross, And everyone is like, Adam Cole, he face turn. Really? Because he showed some respect? Sure, maybe, but it still fits in the Adam Cole character to a certain degree where he's like, look, I mean, I respect, and they have history. They're Bullet Club members. There's there's all things that, that, that can tie in where you're like, well, of course he's going to show Finn Balor respect. A lot of people are saying, well, maybe this is the end of the Undisputed Era. Maybe, maybe I'm not reading too much into it because to me, Adam Cole showing respect for another wrestler of the caliber of Finn Balor is sure. I can buy into that. And then Adam Cole can come back next week and start being a dick again. Besides, you guys know, especially when Full Sail was around, were Undisputed Era really considered heels. I think they were considered heels by management, but they were over. They got they got babyface pops. But you know, I I don't know. this was anyway. This was a this was a good match. And to reference Nick Wolf's super chat from earlier, as when uh, I'll read it again. He said War Games Undisputed Era versus a Pat McAfee led team. Undisputed Era turns on Cole Cole off to the main roster. I think it's great. This idea really has legs, especially if you want. Cole to be perceived as a babyface, but I think it's a, I don't think it's a good move to send him up to the main roster as a babyface. I'll even double down on that. I don't think it's a good move to, a good idea to move him up to main roster without the Undisputed Era. I honestly think they're a unit. I think they're going to, they should be used to make Adam Cole into a superstar. Uh, and uh, they should come in as a faction and tear stuff up better than what Retribution is doing. Let me tell you. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you, Evan. He says, can we take a dump on the WWE tag team divisions like on all brands for a second? Like this is really sad to see. They can't afford teams breaking up. Uh, This is not untrue. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we saw it it on Raw this week, right? Where you had the SmackDown champions come on over to challenge the Raw tag team champions because there are no tag teams. Heavy Machinery is in some kind of feud with um is in some kind of feud with uh uh, uh um Miz and Morrison and uh Shin and Cesaro already dispatched Lucha House Party uh the Forgotten Sons are clearly forgotten uh the War Raiders are doing whatever look yes it is a pitiful state and even in NXT which has quite painfully it's quite painful to remember has a legacy of great tag team wrestling it sucks it really does and it is terrible it's it's terrible up and down i don't know what we're going to do with the dusty classic this year man i really don't there is a dusty classic um Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez was super fun. NXT was a was pretty good. I, I it was a good show, and I saw a lot of people saying this is the best show that they had for a while. Sure, okay, I can I can I can get behind that. But it was bookended by two fantastic matches, super physical from the get go. Um, some chairs got involved, kendo sticks, a table. Uh, the result, Rhea winning, reestablishes her finally. I guess this is it, guys. This is it. This is the push, the post-WrestleMania plans that Triple H said 
they had it in store for Rhea. They're starting now. They're starting like March, April, uh, April May, June, July, September. Five months after the plan is in execution. See, Triple H, he'd never lie to us. He'd never let us down. <laughs> And uh, so, but I, 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 of course, I'm joking because I think that the women's division in NXT is better off with a very, very strong Rhea Ripley. Um, so hopefully it keeps growing from this point on. Um, but Mercedes Martinez apparently was thrown out of the Robert Stone brand. Mistake, Robert. No wonder you're... You, you, he, Robert Stone is really the worst businessman. He really is. Uh, he may have some some slick branding and he may be maybe a parody of Tony Khan, but he's a terrible businessman. Maybe that's where the meta of the parody is uh, coming in, right? Um, but uh, the rumor is that Mercedes is being called up to the main brands Ooh, yeah. to be a part of Retribution. And I sure as hell hope not because that is going to sink her. It's going to sink everyone who's in that who's in that angle. It's been dragged out too long. The surprises are not going to be worthwhile. Have you and look, they took over Raw this week with corporate branding. They have the they have the blandest logo. Have you seen the logo? It's the most predictable bland logo. Uh devoid of any personality or interest it's a font it's terrible just like the angle i hope i cross my fingers that this is not their plan with mercedes martinez but i mean she looks angry right so she she she'd fit in well with an angry mob right because she looks angry all right let's keep uh Let's uh, keep uh, going with some uh, some cool beans. Matt Hardy's not retiring. There was a lot of... Oh, uh, hang on a second. Anakin left us a super chat. Excuse me, Anakin. Just before we move on. He says, on the plus side, Tyler Breeze is now Tyler two titles. On left, right, left, right. Hashtag left, right, left, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, good, good Good. for everyone. And, and I'm glad that WWE is shifting its, its policy from uh you know no twitch nothings no tiktok nothings you know what i'm saying well if you use your if you use your real name that'll be okay i'm cool with that that's something that they have to that that they have to maintain for a bunch of reasons that's something i should have talked about i should have made some time to talk about might do a little something on the side but um but yeah you know it was like good it's a good idea that they flipped from the position that they had because um, it was a good idea that they flipped there from the position they had because otherwise it just didn't make, uh, it wouldn't have made sense for any of the Ooh, talent yeah. who are trying to create connections with their fans and ultimately help the WWE product. Good is what I'm saying. And good for Tyler two titles, Tyler two belts. Delbert Hell, welcome to the chat. Good to see you. And Evan Wright left us a super chat. He says, why is a group getting promo videos of them destroying WWE property? How are they getting in the building without being tested? Oh, never mind. He says, thank you very much, Evan, for, for your, all your super chats this evening so far. Uh, yeah. 
And doesn't that take you out of, of the angle a bit? Doesn't that sort of ruin the mystique? It's so, it's so, you know, it's, it's contrived. It's poorly executed. It is, it is what Vince McMahon perceives young thugs to be without getting the real energy or purpose. And of course, you know, we, they had their mission statement this week, right? They, they did their, and they're calling for justice and, you know, the trying to right inequalities and stuff. Of course, people, of course, the group, and I, I called it, folks, you will remember this, the people asking for justice are going to be portrayed as heels on WWE, right? Right, of course. All right, Cool Beans, Matt Hardy. Glad he's not retiring. Uh, he's walking around looking good, and he cut a promo last night on Dynamite. He apologizes. He apologizes to the fans for letting them down. He apologizes uh, to his family for putting them through what they did. He says the broken rules match wasn't what he wanted it to be, but it's time to move on from Sammy, which I think is a good idea. But despite the fact that he's standing there telling us, I'm fine, I'm good, JR, uh, the minute he comes out, JR looks, on him, looks him up and down and says, ah, he looks fine, he looks fine, you know, kind of thing. Despite all of that, Matt Hardy comes to us and he says, uh, he says that he's going to get healthy. He's going to get back and he's going to, you know, all the tests show that he's clear. He's, but he's going to get healthy. And when he comes back, he's going to chase after his first AEW championship. And he thanks everyone. He goes, it's a nice moment. Rebby Hardy was there as well. You know, just to make sure everyone understands that Rebby Hardy is, she's, she's not going to be on at home on Twitter uh, screaming that her husband is being mistreated by the company he works for. No, no, we're all cool now. Don't, don't let, don't let the situation fool you guys. This is public relations. This is all what it is. And, and it's okay. This is something that they should be doing. But, eh. And what I don't get from the statement is that he said, like I said, he said he's fine. All the tests show that he's going to make a full recovery, but a recovery from what? He's fine. So what is he recovering from? There's something here that's still very fishy, and this is all entirely on AEW's fault for not being transparent enough with what really happened. It Something does stink. Something does doesn't quite sit right. Or maybe this is entirely kayfabe or carny shit, more like, and it's like, well, this is how we're going to write, write Matt Hardy off of TV for a while because his run in AEW has been just cursed. Cursed, cursed, cursed. So let him go away, regroup, rethink how he wants to position himself, so on and so forth, and then come back and people will be happy to see him. It could be, it's either one of those two things. But it's it still feels very, very fishy. If anything, and this is, Look, I cross my fingers. Oh, yeah. I hope the Matt Hardy situation at All Out did one thing and it helped AEW learn a lesson, learn something about how to treat their head injuries. Because like I said earlier when we started the show, we saw a guy knocked out. And when you're knocked out bad and you have a concussion and you can't stand straight. Matt Hardy couldn't stand straight. He was lying on his back stiff. His neck was stiff. His legs were stiff. That's a sign that he's gone, that he's not with us. He's boop, he's been knocked out. Aubrey calls the ex. Sure, there's some scrambling and people are going around afterwards, and you could tell that the situation was in a panic. <coughs> Regardless, 
<coughs> of how long it takes to do a CTE protocol and whether Doc Samson did it or not, they shouldn't have restarted the match. They shouldn't. If only for public relations, for only the perception that we have. I would have had no issues with my fake wrestling story not having an ending because a wrestler actually did really hurt himself really, really bad. And I'm more worried about him than, ooh, is he going to retire from AEW? Come on. Because everything was contrived. I saw people <coughs> give this match three three stars. I'm like, there was nothing here. This was a mess. I don't know what, there was, no, there was nothing to rate. <coughs> Excuse me. There was nothing to rate here. It was, there was nothing here. Like I said, I think what we need to focus on here is that Matt Hardy's okay. I hope that AEW bring, uh, that AEW has learned a lesson moving forward here and will handle, if ever an unfortunate situation like this were ever to happen again, will handle it much better than they did. Because otherwise, this is the, this is the type of media attention fan outrage that that occurs that's created because we do Matt Hardy was right with one thing we do love our wrestlers we love our we love our wrestling stars we, and we want them to have long healthy careers we don't like it when we see them get injured like that we don't want real injuries we don't want broken bones concussions deaths we don't want anything of that we want to be entertained with pretend combat Let's when 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 pretend combat starts getting too real, we can tone it back a bit. Evan Wright left another super chat. Thank you, Evan. Says Hardy back messaging and managing. Excuse me. Private party next week is. Yeah, that, that good for him. Just as long as he takes the time to rest that he does indeed need. Let's continue. More cool beans. I feel I'm in a cool bean mood this week. Orange Cassidy getting squash matches in 2020. Folks, this is absolutely wild. Let's go back a year from now. And are you thinking, are you saying to yourself, Orange Cassidy is going to be on national television and he's going to be getting squash matches on TV. But this is what his program with Chris Jericho has done for him. He gets a big win on, on pay-per-view uh, off one of the biggest stars in wrestling, period. Not just in AEW, in wrestling. And he comes back on Wednesday with a squash. He's taken seriously. He's added, you know, he's toned down the comedy without erasing it, but he's toned it down to give himself an edge. And then he comes in after his big win and he squashes another guy. Folks, this is how you build a star. This is how you show your audience. Look at this guy here. You have to care about this guy because... We're strapping a rocket to him. Are you ready for him? There you go. That's how it works. Sometimes it's not that hard. Going to speed it up a, a little bit here. Uh, not some warm soda. I'm giving some hot trash to the uh, to the FTR segment. I didn't think that was good. I thought I thought that was the low light of a otherwise very very entertaining uh, dynamite last night. But I didn't think it was good. And the problem is that. WWE had FTR do too much grandstanding, exactly like they were doing last night. And I think that if if 
the FTR are indeed the keepers of traditional wrestling, of old school territory style, well, they should be cutting traditional style promos where the, you know, the, the, uh, the manager is standing between the both of them. He leads them in, and then they start shouting angry things. Not standing around and with their nice shirts and you know, having all the division around them and having cake and then having a, a cooler of ice being dumped on top of them. Not after their big win. They should come out and be loud mouths. They should bury the rest of the division. That's what they should be doing. That would have been a lot more effective. And it's something that Dax and Cash would have leaned into and would have been very, very successful at. And you know exactly the type of promo I'm talking about. You know exactly the, the, the old school, we're better than you, y'all suck kind of kind of thing. Instead of trying to be funny and saying cosplay Tarzan and uh, and Dumasaurus, whatever. None, no, nothing cutesy. Just come in and do it. And it's too bad they didn't do that because FDR couldn't properly celebrate their win without the elite angle overshadowing it. And that kind of sucks. They should have had a proper segment, something just for them and not quite as put together. A little more, a little more rough around the edges. Let's, let's do that. Let's, let's say that. Mr. Fretz left us a super chat. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Fretz? Left us a super chat. Thank you so much. Says MJ, hashtag MJF2020. Ha! In your dreams, pal. He fired his staff. He's done with that scene. And between you and me, good riddance because he never needed it. That's just me. Let's move on to some super chats. (laughs) You what, mate? Oh, nice to see you. And left us, uh, thank you very much for the super chat, you what, mate? Says, hello, Mr. Warren Hayes. I hope that you're having a good day. I really enjoy your content. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the kind words. I am having a great day. It's always a good day when we get to talk about wrestling, hang out with, with the community and stuff. It's a good time. Uh, and thank you again for your super chat. Very appreciated. Uh, some cool beans. The, the elite angle, okay, that keeps that, that keeps moving forward. I loved it. I Again, they're doing great work with it. The Young Bucks super kick Marvez, right? Alex Marvez, who who, who deserves it regardless. <laughs> between between all, you know, two people in AEW deserve super kicks on a regular basis. Alex Marvez and Rick Knox. So, <laughs> anyway, they super kick Marvez. So they're clearly going down the heel slope. Hangman has an interview with Tony Schiavone and he blames himself for everything that happened but wants him and Kenny to reconciliate and go after the titles again, right? But Kenny, on his end, in an interview with JR, says there's things in Hangman that he didn't like, and he's looking to go back to singles competition. So we're still dragging this on, and what was great is that these were all pre-taped segments, and they all worked. And they all connect into this one big angle. I like it. I like it a lot. And I think it's very, it's very human what they're doing with these characters. Maybe the Young Bucks are a little, a little over the top, which is wrestling over the top kind of thing. And that's cool. But Kenny and Hangman clearly having some very uh, personal issues. I dig it. I dig it. I really like where they're going with this. 
I'm excited to see what happens. It's uh, no no one predicted how that it was going to go down this route, so I like it. I like being surprised. Injection 2K, good to see you. Welcome to the chat. And finally, we got to talk about it. There's a guy I didn't. If you were watching Dynamite last night, all right. There's a guy who showed up that looks exactly like Rusev, and he's on AEW now. Now AEW has a Rusev clone, right? And he's calling himself. Miro. Did you see that? Did you? <laughs> Rusev has blonde hair now. Crew cut blonde hair. I um, Look, when he came out with, as Kip Sabian's best man, I popped. I'm not going to run through the segment. You, we've all seen the segment. We've seen it over and over again. We saw it on Twitter all the time. I'm, I'm excited. Okay. I popped. I, and you, Kristen can confirm this. Ooh, we were yeah. watching it together. And I just said, it's Rusev! <laughs> and we both got excited. I th I'm I'm happy for him that he's going to have a new home. This is a guy who a lot of us and felt that he was never used to his real potential in WWE. He wasn't left to fly. They pigeonholed him into a a type, into a wrestling type, and never let him really grow. This is a guy who's naturally charismatic, who knows how to work a crowd, who's uh, who can get the crowd on his side. How many times has Rusev gotten himself over with either the most basic stuff or terrible shit? The love triangle at the end, the only person who looked good at the end of that Lana Lashley Rusev thing was him because... It's Rusev, because Rusev can get himself over with anything. Of course, Rusev Day, that was an organic thing, was fantastic. What? Give a listen to my interview with Aiden English, the former Aiden English, Matt Reinhold, right here on the channel once we're done. We talk about that a little bit as well, and it's always a fascinating story to hear how Rusev Day came about. And and Miro talks about the brass ring. He, he plugs that, he says... That, that that brass ring you're supposed to reach for that doesn't exist. You can shove it up your ass. I love it. And there's bigger guys that are showing up in WWE. And I love that too. I love all of this. I love all of this. But I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. The, the, as much as I like this, and this is going to stay a very, very cool beans vision for me. It's just another trajectory that I, that I just want to think about a little bit, that I want to talk about. It... Is AEW is AEW developing a problem with um, uh, with WWE guys coming in and taking up spots, right? Taking up a lot of the attention because Rusev is a big get. There's no two ways to cut it. He's he's a big big get because because he was a big because he was a big star because he was never used to his full potential and. You know, AEW is supposed to be this land where you're supposed where, um, where you can um, you can out outgrow what you had been pigeonholed into, kind of thing. Is there and there's an argument to be made because there are a lot of WWE wrestlers who have ended up in um, who have ended up uh, in 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 AEW, right? And I mean, outside of let's say Billy Gunn, Chris Jericho, Cody, Dustin Rhodes, who were there from the start, right? Well, you do have FTR who ended up there, Jake Hager, John Moxley eventually. Well, he was there 
yeah, I guess you can make maybe an exception with John Moxley. He was there very much from the get-go. But then Matt Hardy, Matt Cardona, Brody Lee, Sean Spears, Sean Spears as well, Vicky Guerrero, Justin Roberts. You know, we're not just talking about wrestlers. And, you know, I've talked about it before. I've mentioned it, but it's still the case. You know, all the singles titles in, w in AEW have all been held exclusively by former WWE guys. Now, I'm not trying to poke the bear. I'm just... These are just, these are just uh, facts. It's, that's what it is. Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, Brody Lee. Those are, those are your, those are your champions right there. Um, I know a lot of people are tired of, you know, AEW, uh, AEW taking shots at WWE as well. You know, Kip, Kip Sabian at the pay-per-view at uh, AEW this weekend was plugging his Twitch channel and then at the you know there was the the disclaimer from AEW saying that AEW completely endorses this message you know this was off the the the, the Twitch stuff from from Vince was very fresh we had it was just like 24 hours before you know everyone was still buzzing in regarding to that so you know i know a lot of people are tired of the shots a lot of you know of AEW leaning into WWE but frankly i'm i'm i think we're at a saturation point for AEW, but not only in regards to WWE talent, I also think in, in regards to talent, period, unless they are about to pull the plug and give us another hour of uh, of programming a week, uh, they have lots of wrestlers, and but I mean lots of wrestlers for, uh, for, um, for the time that they have, uh, for the time that they have allotted. So it's not just a question of, WWE guys and then having the WWE guys come in and then maybe take spots that some of the uh, that some maybe other AEW grown talent could be taking but there's also like a saturation point where you're like man there's just so many people on TV right now there's too many people to be put on TV I think I personally think they they need to stop hiring they need to stop hiring or they have to start releasing. There's just too many people. And it's not just a... And yeah, there's been an influx of a lot of WWE guys. It I can understand that some people are a little irked by it. And, you know, if... You know, I don't, I don't think anyone is dumb enough to suddenly turn this into... Uh, mid 2000s TNA Dixie Carter TNA I don't I don't think I think people around the business now have their heads screwed on well enough to avoid that but you know I'm just going to end this with a tweet by Jeremy Lambert and I know he's being funny here he's being a little facetious he's not not to be taken seriously but it's still a funny thought to end the segment on he says wow the most watched episode of Dynamite featured two 40-plus former WWE guys in the main event, the debut of a former WWE guy, big segments built around former WWE guys, and very little of the elite. <laughs> and I, I get it. Like, it's a one-time thing, but, you know. You know. It's the Weekly Wrestling Inspection. <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. 
Couple of more super chats. Evan Wright uh, left a super chat. Thank you again. Evan says, Shivani and JR were real good here too. Really strong suited doing these interviews. Hangman is so over with me. Hangman Page is, he's a success story. Yeah, I think he's fantastic. I really do. And I agree. The interviews were very good. Um, I thought commentary was really sloppy at All Out. I don't know if you guys thought so, but I mean, outside of the, uh, out of JR being JR, I thought overall it was very, very sloppy. Anakin left us a super chat. Thank you, Anakin. It says, not sure if you want to save this for the post show, but are you disappointed Miro signed with AEW and not New Japan? Uh, to a certain degree, yeah. I think I would have really liked to see what Miro could have done in um, what Miro could have done in New Japan, a completely different environment from what he's usually capable, what he's usually wrestled. That would have been a really good indicator of how far he can go, how much WWE was limiting him and how much he can go. Because could you imagine if he were to step in the ring with Shingo or Ishii and just let him go at it and they and they have like a an Ishii paced type of match. It's Ishii, man, he can go. He's got cardio for days. He's not a he's and he's not tall. Like Miro would tower over him. Ishii's not a tall guy. But my god, that would have been good. So yes, I'm a little disappointed because I feel like I would have liked to get to know Rusev in a pure, in a more sports-oriented environment. Let's put it that way. I want to say hello to USVA guy. Join us in the chat. Good to see you. My nose is itchy. And I guess that if if my nose is itchy, that means we're going to be talking about the New Japan G1 Climax 30. That's the, uh, that's the new official theme of the G1 Classic. Uh, let's pull up the blocks here. My God, would you look at this? Such a sight to behold. Look at these beautiful blocks. Now, the G1, for those of you who don't know, maybe don't know New Japan, the G1 is a yearly tournament. It's a round-robin tournament. It is a festival of wrestling. Wouldn't you guys agree? It is a festival of wrestling. Over 30 days, we're going to have 20 wrestlers uh, fight each other in separate blocks to determine two winners who are going to, from each block, who are going to go to the finals, and the winner gets a shot at Wrestle Kingdom, gets a shot at the um, at the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, uh, and that's exciting. And Wrestle Kingdom, of course, is the WrestleMania of New Japan that happens in January. What... Look at this beautiful setup we have here, folks. You want to run these down? Check check this out. Block A. Let's start with Block A. And I'm going to run them down in order from top left to bottom right, just in case you don't know who these people are. Uh, you've heard me talk about New Japan in the past. At least put some names on the faces. Kota Ibushi, Jeff Cobb, Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, Will Ospreay, Shingo Takaki, Minoru Suzuki, Murder Grandpa, Taichi, Jay White, the greatest heel in the business, and Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Pimp. Then in Block B, you have um, you have Tanahashi, Roshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, 
Hikari, uh, Hitori, Go excuse me, Hikori Goto, Toriyano Yoshihashi, current IWGP uh, heavyweight and intercontinental champion, Tetsuya Naito, then Sanada, Zack Sabre Jr., Kenta, and Evil. So this is very, very, very interesting. Now, the first thing that we have to point out that we have to say, we've got our guy Gene wrestlers in here. Oh, yeah. uh, and that's really exciting. Uh, oh, I should put this down here so we can see the uh, so that we can see the super chat, maybe. Right? Should just uh, it's gonna be too late. Oh, it's gone. So I'll read it right now. It's from, <laughs> it's from Nick Wolf. Sorry, Nick, we didn't get to see your super chat on screen. My bad. Uh, Nick Wolf says, no Hiromu show or Ishimori. Um, all juniors. They're, you know, and uh, I guess that, you know, they they do need some guys for the, for the, for the undercard before moving uh, as the, as the tournament moves along as well. There's going to be, you know, the, the, the junior tag champions are going to be in there. And then, you know, best of super juniors is going to be coming up as well. So no Hiromu, Ooh, no Shomu, yeah. Shimori, but usually when they do put on the rare occasion, because this is a heavyweight tournament, right? And when they do put some of the juniors, the juniors don't fare as well in the heavyweight tournament. And that's that's just how things are booked. J.K. Schwal lift us a super chat. Thank you very much. And he wants me to... Tokyo Pimp! Versus Yoshi Hyphen Hashi. Winner to, winner to Wrestle Kingdom is going to be beautiful. You just cursed the you just cursed the G one J K Schwal, but thank you for <laughs> super chat. Nope, it was worth it. Um, so I mean, this is this uh, this is a big big um, uh, this is a big tournament right here, uh, and um, it, it everyone is saying and with reason that block A is absolutely stacked because look you've got you've got Ibushi you've got Okada you've got Ishii Osprey Shingo and White and Jay White like these are top guys right absolute top guys on the B side you have Tanahashi you have Naito uh and you have you know Kenta who's up there as well Sonata who's gravitating and Evil I guess he's a top guy by default now. You know, even though there may be some credibility problems, but as far as pure work rate, um, sports competition style, Block A is, has the potential to deliver much more fantastic matches than B than than Block B. And yes, in part, it's because Yoshihashi is in Block B, and we're going to get. Yoshihashi versus Juice Robinson, which is something that I'm not necessarily looking forward to. Yoshihashi versus uh, versus Sonata. Yoshihashi versus Evil. You know, I, I mean, they're going to happen. They're not going to be great. Uh, whereas on 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 side B, you know, even the Tokyo Pimp has the possibility Ooh, yeah. of, of 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 getting some great matches out of uh, out of a couple of people there. Or at least some people will get a great match out of him. Um, so the question, of course, uh, Evan Wright left us a super chat, by the way. Thank you, Evan. He says, uh, Okada Shingo for block A would be his top two and Naito Sanada for uh, for block B. Yeah, those are great. Those are great choices. Um, 
since the New Japan Cup began in 2005, there's no wrestler who has won both the New Japan Cup and the G1 Climax in the same year. So, I think it's a safe bet to say that Evil won't be winning the G1 this year. And while guys like Tanahashi, Goto, uh, Okada, Naito, and Ibushi have all won uh, both tournaments within that time span, nobody has been able to do it in the same calendar year. So, as it stands to me right now, I think the only true spoiler here is the fact that Evil won the New Japan Cup. He's won a tournament. He's not going to win a second one. That would be that would be my my guess moving forward. And as far as who's going to win this year, um, who's going to win this year? It's going to be a tricky one. It's go- it's really going to be a tricky one. Last year, Kota Ibushi was our boy. Uh, he won. Uh, not Ooh, only did he win yeah. Block A, but he won the tournament. Um, and then after that, there was Kazuchika Okada, who had tied him at 14 points on Block A as well. Um, on block over on the side of Block B, Jay White had um, had won uh, had won Block B. And then after that, there was a four-way tie. If you'll remember, between Naito, Moxley, Goto, and um, no three-way tie. Excuse me. It was a th- it, well, it was a four-way tie with Jay White. But Jay White got the, the the final big win. So, so these are uh, so so. There's a fair chance. What I'm trying to say is that there's a fair chance that Kota Ibushi and Jay White might not be winning this year either. I think there's precedent for someone winning a G1 two years in a row, but I don't think it's going to happen. Despite the fact that I. If you were to ask me, just like looking at the looking at the setup, what taking a look at the storylines that have been developing as well, I feel like Kota Ibushi would be the man to win this year. But since he won last year, it kind of turns me off. But then again, it's Kota Ibushi, and he could do it this year. Because, quite frankly, I feel that. I feel like the finals could look like Kota Ibushi over here versus Hiroshi Tanahashi right here. These these two these two guys because uh because the, because they were IWGP tag team champions up until recently. They lost the straps uh to Saber and Taichi. And uh and they um they've been having this back and forth where Tanahashi's been like, you know, I still don't see you to your full potential, Ibushi. When are you going to become a wrestling god kind of thing? And I will be a wrestling god for you, Tanahashi. And what if this culminates into the G1 final where Ibushi does finally indeed become a god and beats the tar out of Hiroshi Tanahashi? I'd honestly be there for that. I'd be there for that 100%. Let's take a look at a couple of super chats here. Anakin, JMT, left us a super chat. Thank you. And he says, Evil wins IWGP title and is still considered a big deal. Jinder Mahal wins WWE title and is still considered a jobber. Don't hinder the gender. Hashtag don't hinder the gender. Um, It depends on who you're talking about, right? In regards to Evil being considered a big deal still. That really depends. Nick Wolf left a super chat. Thank you, Nick, again. Says, Tai Chi versus Murder Grandpa in Block A. Foreshadowing. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, there, because Tai Chi and uh, Suzuki are in Suzuki Gun, which is Suzuki's faction. Um, there's been a lot of talk recently about uh, Suzuki retiring and passing passing the torch of Suzuki Gun onto someone else. I still think it should be Zack Saber Jr. I think it should be. I think it should be Saber Gun. I really do. But yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be something there. You know, the Suzuki Gun boys, when it's time to fight, they don't care about their allegiances. Evan uh, Wright left us another super chat. Thank you, Evan, so much. He says, uh, took never title off Shingo for a reason. My pick. Look, I agree. There, When when he lost the title, that's the first thing that popped into my head. I was like, oh, oh, they want, they want to make this all about Shingo this year. If they're taking, because the folks who have the titles, who have titles in the G1, they're, you can sort of already count them out as block winners. But Shingo, I think this is a year that they make Shingo. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's Osprey's year. And regardless of how I feel about Will Osprey, I'm trying to not let, let it taint me, but I don't think it's going to be Osprey's year. I think they should. I think they're ready to lean into a guy like Shingo. Shingo has been the glue of New Japan this year. Will he, is he main event? Is he Wrestle Kingdom main event ready? I don't. That's a whole other question. But we still got. Uh, we we still have three months, four months to build. Three 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 months. September, October, November, December. Four months. I can't count. We still have four months to build till till Wrestle Kingdom, and if they do the same formula where Wrestle Kingdom is over two nights and you need two big main events, I could see Shingo in one of them. Shingo's a big deal in Japan. He's a he's a star. He's a big star, and he, my God, he can work. He can work a fantastic match with everyone, anyone, and everyone. Peter Davies, thank you, Peter. Left us a super chat. Thank you so much. Says Okada has not won a G1 in a long time, so could see him winning as he has been away from the title picture since Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, that could be that could be something as well. Um I think that it's good that they're mixing the title picture up a little bit as well. Um uh, because uh just to keep it interesting and keep it fresh. I want I mean every Okada is one of the best goddamn wrestlers in the world. Jim Factor, welcome to the chat. How are you? Uh, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Why not put him back into your title picture? That makes absolute, absolute sense to me. But you know what I think they're going to do? Now, I'm not going to go all in full prediction mode, okay? Because I right up on because they haven't announced the cards yet. They haven't announced the order in which all of this is going to happen. So it's very difficult to know at this point who is going to... Not difficult... It's part Ooh, when you yeah. predict your winners for the or at least your your tournament when you do your brackets, the the placement of the 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 card placement when when and where people are fighting each other really does count because it can give you an indication of well if this person is fighting this person here early on well that it could mean this later on for that person there's a lot to sink in here, but without going too deep in predictions. This is what I think is going to happen. I've got, I believe, Block A is going to finish with Kota Ibushi and Shingo Takaki tied. And I think that uh, Ibushi is going to hold the, 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 the match, the winning match over Shingo. So Ibushi is going to go to the finals. And I think that Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to win Block B. 
despite the fact that that there's going to be like four people who are going to have 12 points, like Naito, Sonata, Kenta, and Evil. I think there's going to be some big, big uh, Bullet Club rumblings over in Block B. Uh, because of Kenta and Evil having such like high um, high standings in the um, in the group, so I I feel like like the finish is going to be Tanahashi versus um, versus Ibushi because commentary has been mentioning that Hiroshi is on he, you know his his time is coming. They do this every year, but it feels particularly true. It rings particularly true this time around. I think this might be her Tanahashi's last hurrah as a top tier level guy before he becomes more of a New Japan guy kind of thing. Because you know he 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 does a lot of great things still, but he's not he's not the guy he used to be, which is normal. His body's banged up with the style he's been doing. I'm not I'm not trying to say he's he's terrible au contraire, but I think that's what's going to happen. And another thing that I'm going to predict is going to happen that Naito is not going to win the 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 is not going to win B block because I think they're going to establish they're going to have they're going to establish a contender for the title between now and Wrestle Kingdom, which is usually what they do. They'll have they'll have the champion have one defense before going into Wrestle Kingdom. And I think that guy could be Sonata. I think that's that's who it's going to be. And I also think they're going to give Yano a win over Naito because Yano gets a win over every IWGP heavyweight champion and never gets his due. Also, he's the king of pro wrestling. Don't Yano is the king of pro wrestling in block B. Do not. Evan Wright left us another super chat. Goodness, Evan, Evan, thank you so much. He says, we'll find out if he's a Wrestle Kingdom main event worthy facing Okada, Ibushi, Ishii, Suzuki, Osprey, and Jay White all in one tour plus the B-Block winner. Uh, talking about Shingo. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those those are some main event guys right there. They're... they're Top tier guys. So when are we going to do these predictions? Look, I'm trying to get the Blazer Bros together for one last ride. As you know, JPQ of the No Particular Angle podcast and Anthony Souter of Smart to Death, they've retired from podcasting. But I'm trying to drag them out of retirement to have one more ride with the Blazer Bros for this G1 this year. So we're going to try and uh, and get together for some predictions for some uh, predictions this weekend. The uh, the card for the G1 is supposed to be released uh, tonight, I think, with tonight's uh, shows, New Japan shows. So cross your fingers. But you can rest assured that I'm going to be doing a G1 prediction show before the before the insanity starts in nine days. Nine days we start all becoming super sleep deprived. Nine days. Folks, I'm going to wrap this up. I <laughs> My shows have been going long over the past few weeks, but there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you guys don't mind it. Uh, give me some comments. Let me know how things are going. I, do, do you still like coming over and listening to the Mr. Warren Hayes show? Are there things I should change? Let me know. Reach out to me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Come over to the Discord. The Discord, the link to the Discord is in the description. 
So <laughs> come and join us there. It really is a cool time. Lots of great people. Uh, and if you want, if you're a member, if you're a part of the Patreon, come on over to patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes in just a few minutes. I am going to be starting the post stream where we're going to take calls with patrons. We're going to chat with patrons in the chat, all from the Discord. Come on over. Come, 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 friends. Come, and uh, we'll we'll keep we'll keep this fun train going. But for now, for all of us here on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show proper on youtubecom slash Hayes, so on and so forth, we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to thank you all for coming out here on a Thursday evening, showing what we think about football. And, uh, and yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. It was a good time again tonight, folks. And I will see you next time.